This is episode 118 of the 200 Churches Podcast. If I can add something, too, when I came in here today, I said, oh, so you guys are still recording these podcasts, and, and oh, yeah, we're on, what, what episode are you on? This is 118, I think. 118, and, and you know, th- that is pretty neat when you think these two guys, Johnny and Jeff, they, uh, there's no money exchanging hands here. They're not getting paid for what they do. They, they simply are doing this to encourage uh, pastors, and so I, I want to, I'm encouraged by that as well, um, just that they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart and out of their... Um, in a sense, finding extra time to do it in the evenings and other times. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Big Mac and Whopper of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Now I'm hungry. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I am here in the luxurious and opulent oh, yes. 200 Churches studio with two friends. Friend number one? Johnny Craig. John, why are you friend number because one? Because he, he's sitting there not he wanting to be friend number one. Well, I didn't know if I should jump in right away and say, <laughs> oh, claim myself as friend number one. It's he pretty high. Friend number one, friend the number oldest two. is friend number one. There you go. Friend number one, Nathan Staub. Nathan Staub, you predate me, yeah. So yeah, you Nathan, go. you're all. I've been friends with you longer. Oh yeah, definitely. And friend you're number older. one, you're older, and you're a possible podcast replacement for Jonathan. <laughs> oh man, you can never shopping, tell how the story's going to go. You're shopping around with me in the room. Well, you know, you can never settle, Johnny. Oh, you know, you don't want to be content where you are. You're always trying to. <laughs> Get better and improve things, and so I'm always, you know, keeping one eye open. Content, nice segue. Well, I was going to say the the other thing that's really interesting is how you keep making upgrades to this podcast studio here. Now you have some posters on the wall. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's looking pretty uh, luxurious up here. No, for real. Rather than just saying luxurious, you actually mean it now. Well, we we just need a third boom mic arm stand holder. For you, so you don't have to be like Tony Orlando over here. <laughs> Poor Nathan <laughs> is sitting here holding. Yeah, I was thinking Bob Barker. I have no idea what a Tony Orlando is, but yeah. <laughs> Poor Nathan has to hold his microphone in front of his hey, face. Hey, everybody. Someday Tony Orlando will dawn on Johnny. So I'm going to say I doubt it, but maybe. No, there's, all, there's a lot of pastors who got what I just said. And it's fun because you didn't get it, Johnny. You're out of the loop. You're, you're, you're <laughs> out of the generation that... Some of us who know Tony Orlando and yeah. Don are in. Look, I know you enjoyed those Billy Sunday Crusades when you went to them, Jeff, but some of us are a little more contemporary with our references. Hey, the greatest thing in my life was the day I got, walked on the sawdust trail and got saved <laughs> by Billy Sunday. By Billy Sunday. He led me to the Lord. Hey, man. <laughs> Poor Nathan. Well, Nathan, welcome. Thank you. Nathan Staub, director of Atlas Ministries, right here in our humble and humble town of Orange City. Yes, it's good. It's good to be with you again here. What is Atlas? What do you do? So Atlas, we're a nonprofit mentoring organization. So we meet with people. uh, They come through our doors who are going through just a variety of life issues, uh, marriage struggles, addictions, 
uh, all kinds of different things. You that don't have might... to tell everybody about all my problems. All right, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> and we meet with them. We try and walk walk the road of life with them is the phrase we use. And then, uh, so we're not licensed counselors or therapists, but sure. uh, then we uh, ultimately try and pair them with mentors from a local church. And uh, it's it's been a, a neat ministry to be a part of to see people uh, really make some growth and change in their life, and then see that growth and change continue as the mentor picks things up, introduces them to the wider body of the church, and uh, you see. Um, people really be enfolded. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat. That's very cool. And Nathan, uh, uh, some of some of our listeners right now are thinking, I've heard this Nathan guy before. You've been on the podcast with us two times before, and you've both times you've come and we've talked about pornography, pastors and pornography. You're like the porn expert. Yeah. But today we are not talking about, we are not making you talk about pornography. Yeah, that's again. good. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> We're going to a new, you are more than porn, yeah. Nathan. <laughs> it's good to know. You're more than porn. So today, what are we talking about, Jeff? Well, we're going to talk about contentment. But I'm going, I'm still going back to what you said about Atlas. This, uh, it stands for Achieving Truth, Love, and Self-Control. Yeah, correct. And it's an organization in our community. But you're not licensed. You guys aren't like licensed professional counselors. So it's like a group of backyard barbecue people just getting together and trying to help people. I mean, does that work? Can you raise enough money in an organization to do that? Yeah, well, we do. <laughs> I, I mean, believe it or not, like a... Nathan is now worried they might not. <laughs> That's right. Describe it that way. Well, and I, like, the reason but I say that... I can see some donors coming now. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jeff, for that. The reason I say this is to is to maybe encourage you know pastors out there who have members in their church that are are good at at helping other people that you actually could put together an organization. Without, uh, you know, your sheepskin, mm-hmm. and, you know, your, your PhD or your professional license, you can actually just get people together who want to help and form an organization with employees, with quote-unquote counselors and helpers and mentors and use both volunteer and paid staff to make a difference in the community. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I first uh, I fell in love with Atlas. Uh, I was I was actually working in the Los Angeles area in some homeless shelters, and uh, it was th- that was some great time in my life and some great experiences. But uh, there was a time when when I was sitting around um, at uh, at one of the shelters, and I actually knew all of the homeless people who I was sitting around. I'd volunteered a number of times and and knew them all by names and knew their stories, and and we had in a sense been together for for quite a while. And and then it struck me. They're all still homeless. There wasn't any real change that had happened. They weren't connected to a wider body. They weren't connected mm. to a church. And and it, it, anyway, the more I learned about this thing called Atlas in, in Orange City, Iowa, there's a few others around the country, the more I started to fall in love with it. And I've been here nine years now. And you you really do see, even not being licensed in that sense, uh, if, if people need licensed therapy, then we refer them out. Um, however, we really do see people make growth and change in their life. And so our goal is uh, to try and help them get out of their situation. Uh, and again, we find that that works uh, strongly when we, um, when we pair them with a mentor and introduce them again to a wider body of believers who can love and support them and encourage them in their in their journey. And I think every pastor would love to have an atlas in their community. And I love having an atlas in our community. It's a place where I can send somebody to get some help when I personally can't help them at that moment or don't feel even 
especially gifted. Right. And then I think the, uh, to me, the, the fun part is, is that our goal then is to refer the people ultimately back to the church. So if we do get a referral from the church, then we want to make the referral back to the church, pair them with a mentor back from the church that, uh, that they came from. We also have 48% of the people who come through the doors of Atlas have no church affiliation. So um, that provides some amazing evangelistic opportunities because obviously they're coming in at a time of struggle in their life. And uh, um, boy, we know that those times can be effective for um, introducing the gospel and for change to happen. And we've really seen that um, actually take place where where people come to know Christ and again, start attending uh, local churches here in Orange City. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, We're going to talk about contentment because Johnny, you and I... I thought this was a big advertisement for Atlas. So. No, no, not really. So if you'd like to send a check to Atlas, <laughs> you just make that out. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're, you know, if you're listening and you'd like to support Atlas, there will be a link on the blog post, yeah. and you could go to Atlas, and you can, you can give them that million dollars that you're just wondering what in the world to do with. <laughs> if you've ever thought, I wish I could find some backyard barbecuers <laughs> to give in money the counseling world and give them my money. That are making a difference. <laughs> Johnny, the other day you and I were talking about contentment. Yeah, you're struggling. You're. Oh no! Don't make it about me. <laughs> we can't be lying. <laughs> and you know you're young and you're hungry yes. and you're you're you're. Uh, 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 what's the other word? Anxious. Naive. And, oh no, no. Well, Anxious, naive, okay. but it's hard to be content. It is. And uh, Nathan, you brought up that as a possible topic that we could talk about because you said your first conversations with me about 200 churches had something to do with contentment. Yeah, you know, I I was remembering back to some of those early conversations when you were even introducing this idea about uh, the 200 churches, and I can remember you saying uh, that "Ah, I go to these conferences and there's uh, some gifted speakers there that talk about uh, you know how their church grew and how all of a sudden they have 20,000 members, and obviously that's uh, a blessing from the Lord. However, here, the majority of pastors are uh, called to serve in churches that have 200 people or less. And um, yeah, you're saying, hey, I want to start a podcast that really um, ministers uh, to those pastors and helps to equip them and helps to uh, uh, serve them and and remind them of their calling. And I just think that that's a, a... in, in my mind, a good segue into the contentment theme of, our, our, in a sense, are we content with uh, the size of the church that, that we're pastoring? Now, that's something Carl Vaders talks about a lot with us, and I don't know how often he's used that word, but that idea, and for him, his own personal journey, saying, realizing, oh my goodness, I'm Carl and I'm a small church pastor, and owning that and becoming content with the role God had placed him in, rather than thinking, I have to build it, I have to grow it, I have to get all these things done. If we're honest with ourselves, and maybe Carl is beyond this and the rest of us are trying to follow, but we still want and feel like we should be growing and doing and getting bigger and making more members and all these different kinds of things. And I think that we struggle with contentment as pastors. You you said, Johnny, you're young and all these things. Well, you can be 70 years old. I still think it's the most natural thing in the world to wish for something that is not yet in your reach. And that's where this idea of contentment really comes in. Well, there are young pastors who are anxious. They're anxious to grow a church. They're anxious to get maybe into a new position. 
Uh, maybe they're in what they would consider a starter position. Sure. Assistant to the pastor, you know, that type of a role. And uh, they want a different position. They want to move up, you know, on the corporate ladder, so to speak. And then you've got guys who and women who are in churches, and the church just it, the church itself isn't big enough. They've reached, you know, they're the they're the lead pastor or the senior pastor or the only pastor, but the church isn't isn't that big, right? And they want their church to grow, and they're not content. So, Nathan, talk to us just for a minute about contentment. That some discontent is good, but talk about discontentment that's bad. Maybe that's that's destructive. That's not helpful, mm-hmm. not productive. Yeah, I do want to uh, restress what you just said. That I think definitely some discontentment is good. Obviously, I think Bill Hybels really stresses that well with the holy discontent, and and we've we've heard those phrases before. Um, your your question then was what kind of contentment is not? Yeah, good? you know, and when you talk to people, the people can be discontent with where they're at in life. Now, often it's 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 uh, justified by the time they get to you. But what's what's unproductive discontentment, especially for a pastor, for somebody who's in a church and they're just discontent with where any number of things are at in their life? Yeah, and I think uh, you see that play out in a number of of uh, different areas besides just um, besides just churches. Uh, you see that play out in marriages. I feel like we have more. I I, I see more. Uh, People coming through our doors these days who uh, one spouse or another gets lured away by someone else, and uh, you know they're they're uh, struggling then with the ramifications of that. In a sense, there's a contentment issue there, right? I'm not content in the marriage I have, so I go seeking that elsewhere. And 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 so maybe to use that as a little bit of an analogy is is what what are we really seeking here? Are, are we are we seeking to get bigger and um, uh, to have a bigger church? Are we seeking a larger paycheck? What what are we after? And I think at the end of the day, um, I, I hope that we can come to a point where we say, you know, I really we really are seeking to do the will of God, right? We're 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 acting before that audience of one, and so. I'd say a, a contentment that's not uh, based on uh, what God desires would be a, an unholy contentment. And how about, uh, you guys, how about being discontent with, as a pastor with the people that are in your church? Let's say you're discontent with your board. The board members you have are not the ones you wished you had. What do you do? What do you do with that discontentment? Well, I mean, I think especially after all of our conversations with Dave Jacobs, you know, around this type of issue, I would say we have a responsibility to lead, right? And to work with people and to try to, to move the board to a different place. But at the same time, I mean, outside of toxic people who clearly you're discontent because they have to go, right? That would be a type of discontent where, yes, you're discontent for a reason. You got to get them off. But if you're, you know, we as pastors have the responsibility of shepherding people, leading people, developing people. If you are discontent with your board, well, now take some steps. Don't think, well, if I want to be content with my board, I need to get a whole new board. No, no, no. You need to work with your board and develop your board and get them to a different place. And that's where I think that this idea of contentment can't be confused with this idea of settling. We can't just say contentment means Things are the way they are, and I can't do anything about it, and so I'm going to mail it in and just be okay with it. 
that is not, I don't think any of us here think that's what contentment is, right? I think contentment is saying, God, you've given me this thing to do and the circumstances around it, uh, I'm going to be okay with as I focus in on driving the mission and the vision forward of what God has given me to do. And I think in the situation with the board or with members of your church or whatever, as long as they're not toxic, you can be content with them and move them forward at the same time. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head there when you say when you say a role with say a board is is to develop them because uh, that is the business we're in developing people right. working with people and so I like that not not hey let's not scrap the whole thing and move on it's it's uh, hey how can we develop this situation and and work it and uh, work it like clay in a sense and and try and speak into the lives of the people they might grow dramatic uh, drastically from the things that. Uh, result from these conversations as well. I had a thought here that discontentment means that we have to change something, right? If we're discontent, something has to change. And I think the conventional wisdom among most pastors is if they're discontent with the size of their church, then they have to change the size of their church. If they're discontent with the position that that they have in their ministry, then they have to change that position. If if they're discontent with the staff that they have, with the members in their church, uh, with the expectations that others have, then they have to change those things. And and I would like to throw out a a third alternative. If you're discontent with something, maybe that something doesn't have to change. Maybe you have to change. Maybe I have to change on the inside. Yeah, and I would say that that comes comes into what are what are our expectations, or maybe even what are the expectations that others are putting on us that that we feel we should meet. Uh, I remember a time uh, when I was in college, I had a chance to go up to uh, the New England states, up to Massachusetts, and we I was I was a literature major, and uh, so we studied uh, Henry David Thoreau and some of the other authors from that area, and, and uh, Thoreau really impressed me uh, as we would do things like read his book Walden and, and walk through his one-room cabin that he built there, and just how he made a commitment in life to live simply, and how freeing that was for him. And if we could just take that with us, in a sense, to exclude ourselves from the rat race, in a sense, that we're never going to win, but rather uh, be content with, again, who we are, what God has called us to, whether it's a sm- smaller church or or a, a board that's maybe sp- speaks out of turn or whatever <laughs> the case, what God's called us to, and then uh, work within that context. So a main a main piece that you know the reason that I was drawn to this idea of contentment when Nathan said you know what 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 can we talk about on the podcast is Jeff when we were having our conversation and this ties into what you, you guys were just talking about. Is you said we you can't focus on the not yet at the expense of the already, and contentment will rob you or not being content will rob you of the joy that you should be experiencing in what you have right now, and what what what, what happens I think is when we're not content, we, everything about our current situation sucks. There is no bright spot on the current situation that we're in. It's all just bleak. Woe is me type of stuff. And what you were encouraging me yesterday was there's so much happening right now. There's so much to do right now. 
Don't miss out on the lessons you can learn from this. Don't miss out on the joy that you can get out of accomplishing this. Don't miss out on the people that you get to work with during this time because you're worried about something that's next or something that's later. You know, you can't control the future. You can't control the not yet. So don't miss out on the already. Nathan, how could, you know, do you have any ideas about how to help people experience presence? I mean, this is a struggle for me, honestly. It's like I have the idea abstractly, yes, I need to be present. And then my mind is, you know, three years down the road on something else. How can we be more present? What are some things that we can do just practically speaking to be more present and enjoy the already and be content with the life that God has given us? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, and I wish I was uh, had all the right answers to that one. I guess w- one thing I'd say off the top of my head here is uh, um, to remember that God called you to this position. Mm. Right? We, we don't take pastorate jobs or ministry jobs without some some type of calling or feeling that direction. And so if God was faithful back then, what's to say he's not, he's not being faithful now? I was just reading last night the story to my kids uh, if, uh, out of the Jesus Storybook Bible. If, I love if, that Bible. Oh, it's just excellent. Yeah. And it was a story about uh, Jesus uh, um, sleeping while the disciples are in a storm. And uh, what a great story that is in general. But I think so often contentment where discontentment can feel like a storm that's just raging in our lives. And it seems during those times like Jesus is just absolutely not there, asleep, not paying attention. And I'd say when he wakes up, when he wakes up with the disciples, then he, he, in a sense, chastises them, rebukes yeah. them and says, you know, why did, why did you have no faith there? Um, so let's remember that during those times of God called us to this position. Let's be faithful before him. I think, I, honestly, I feel like uh, staying in the Word during those times can be helpful. Sure. Oftentimes, uh, our tendency is to, uh, again, freak out or focus so much on the other things, and, and uh, then we forget the Word. Yet sometimes by doing the discipline of staying in the Word, then that actually brings about uh, the result that it's supposed to, brings about the contentment that we, that we need. As well as I know that uh, things like meditating on Scripture and other, just calming ourselves and reminding ourselves, uh, going through books like Jesus Calling, uh, things like that uh, could be beneficial as well. Let, let me lobby you a softball. You know, you're the father of triplets as well as yeah. an older daughter. When they were really little, did you, I mean, when they were like firstborn, did you find yourself like anticipating and not being able to wait until you didn't have to change three diapers at once anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you remember any of that, Nathan? <laughs> My wife and I, we were just at a park uh, uh, just the other day, and, and they were all the kids, we, we biked there, and all the kids just took off to play. And, and I said, wow, I can remember being at parks for a long time and, and saying, oh, there, there will come a day when, when we won't do that. And now that it's here... Um, in a sense, uh, it, it is good, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad in a sense we didn't miss out on the joy that we had back then. And I don't want to say that I did it perfect because I definitely had discontentment on, on issues sure. back then too. But, but, but don't you sense now though, even now that these, are they, are they six now? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That these six years have gone so fast. Oh, of course. That you just want to, you just want to enjoy every day because you know that, you know, 
And another six years, they're 12. Another six years, they're 18. You're doing the thing, Jeff. Yes, the thing, man, is going to go. You're doing the it's thing. It's going to go just like that. You, it, can, you can enjoy the time, Nathan. You know so that. It doesn't you, have to be a movie montage. No, time. no, no. But you, Johnny, you just talked about how, you know, how do you live in the present. Yeah. We do live in the present by just looking back and realizing you know, the past went pretty quick. That sure. encourages me to live today in the mm. present. And I've, I feel like there's, I've, I'm a, how did Dave Jacobs put it the other day? I'm a poor excuse for a man, and I'm even a poorer excuse for a pastor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is what Dave said. Well, I, I'm a poor excuse for a lot of things, but one thing I, I feel like I've done right is with my children as they've been growing up to enjoy every single day and to, and to live in the present every single day. So contentment, Johnny. Remember we've, we've talked before about being in the lobby and talking to somebody after the service and seeing the people behind them moving around and you're, you're, you're focused on the people behind the person you're talking to yeah. so that you're really not even there with the person you're talking to. And we've talked about looking and wanting so much for the people that aren't there yet that we look right past the people that are right in front of us, yeah. the 38 people that were in our church Sunday morning, you know, or the, or the 50 people that we do have. And so living present and living in the moment is appreciating each one of those people that we have right now. So pastors, you know, you, you are discontent with a lot of things. So fill in the blank for yourself today. Um, I, I know for me, uh, I'm discontent with my ability to be a contemplative, with my ability to not live just at the point of exhaustion. And I, I'm getting ready to take a break here shortly and looking forward to maybe figuring that out a little bit better. But I'm, I'm discontent with that. Um, uh, honestly, I... Johnny, I'm not discontent with the size of our church. Sure. Uh, and and what's the there's a tension between contentment and settling. Right? So right. so you've been in this organization now, uh Nathan for 9 years. And has it grown in in the way that you wished it would have, let's say in your first year? The thoughts and desires you had in your first year for the organization? Yeah, that's uh, in some in some sense it's difficult to remember back exactly what the uh, it's what been the, a while right? <laughs> what the thoughts were. Um, I, I it, we've definitely seen growth. Um, you know, over time we we see more people coming through the doors now. We see. Uh, I feel like we have our systems down better in a sense of you know we know what to do with people. We uh, we know how to help them more effectively. Um, the fundraising comes a little easier than it did at the beginning. That was really rocky early on. And uh, so in some sense it has, um, but I think there's also a level of, of when, when have you ever reached the end goal? When have you arrived? Right, and that's, right. That's, where I, that's where I brought up the rat race earlier. Is you, you can't win that game, you know, whether it's finances or, or ministry size or whatever. Again, fill in the blank. Uh, a lot of these games that we play are games that you just can't win. Um, so I think to to find to find some level of contentment in uh, again where God's called us and what the place He has us in is important. Well, if your church is thirty, what what size of a church would you like to have? It's funny because if your church is thirty people, you'd probably think sixty people would be like the greatest thing that's ever happened. I know we do a college service on Thursday nights, and 
you know, we got 12, 15 people might show up to that. You know, it's just a little up in a coffee house. And uh, one night there was like 40 people. And I thought, oh, my goodness, we blew the roof off this place, man, 40 people. And then you think it's 40 people. Like, you know, like what are you talking 40 people? Would 200 yeah. people show up on a Sunday morning? What's 40 people? So it is all perspective and realizing, man, if I got 60, I wouldn't be happy there either. I don't want 120. Well, if you had 120 then it would be really nice to be averaging 150. And then you got to get through the 200 barrier. Yeah. That dreaded 200 barrier. The 200 barrier. barrier, and there's all sorts of things you got to do. And, the, and then if you're like Bill Hybels or Rick Warren or Andy Stanley, you get stuck at that 20,000 barrier. I'm going to say seriously, I watched you a know. clip from a, from a, a service at um, Saddleback, and they're posting, you know, we had 30,000 people worldwide or something like that. We can get more. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like 30,000 stinking people, man. What are you talking about more? Saddleback, come on. You've been stuck at 20-something thousand oh, come on, for guys. 15 years. It's just that it's a hard ceiling at 20,000. What are you going to do? You, you know, listeners, I'm joking. I love Saddleback. My life was you changed. You love Saddleback too much. Yeah, my life got because my life got changed at Saddleback Church. On the Sawdust Trail. In Octo- well, in October of 97, it really did. It really did. But honestly, in October of 97, they had 13,000 people. Is that why you have the Shrine of Warren in your closet? <laughs> Is that why that's there? Six or seven years later, they had 20,000. And they've, they've been around 20, 23, Why are you talking about it like it's like, man? Well, because, here's why. Here's why. <laughs> because if growth is supposed to, if you're always supposed to be growing, even Saddleback has had a lid. They they soared up to twenty two thousand. But then why aren't they at thirty or thirty five or fifty thousand? Stopped wearing Hawaiian shirts. That, maybe that's it. Put but them see, back on, right? So it it's all it's internationally. All just numbers. It's all just zeros. So if you're at two hundred or if you're at a hundred, you know every church has its its redemptive potential. Absolutely, right? that's the truth right and, there. And and so I think their redemptive and maybe structural potential for the way they're structured is 23,000. Well, yours might be 123. And so that contentment factor right. is is so important. And and I think too that that I'd say that plays into is our goal to get more people or is it uh, you know again hopefully our goal is to make disciples that make disciples. Um, and there so if go. we can yeah. continue on uh, with maybe a different mindset on some of those things that that might even change how we look at the size of our church. Absolutely. Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm content with the podcast we've just recorded. I feel really good about it. I'm not. You want to talk more about Saddleback? (laughs) 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 No. uh, You know, I I am never done trying to encourage small church pastors, you guys. I'm never done. I'm never content. uh, Okay. We have more to encourage there are more and more <laughs> pastors out there. Hey, this is a great way to end this podcast. There are so many pastors that are discouraged. Yes. They don't even know what a podcast is. So would you That is discouraging. If you get encouragement, <laughs> if you get some some just some enjoyment, a little bit of fun in your week through listening to this podcast, share it with other pastors. We yeah. we just had somebody who actually comes from our home area email us and say, "Hey, I just stumbled upon your podcast." And I've been listening to it, and all of a sudden I realized that your guys are from my home area, and I'm sharing it with some of my friends. You know, there's 
hundreds of thousands of pastors in America who have never heard the podcast. So share it with us. If I can add something, too, when I came in here today, I said, oh, so you guys are still recording these podcasts, and and, oh, yeah, we're on, what what episode are you on? This is 118, I think. 118, and, and, you know... that is pretty neat when you think these two guys, Johnny and Jeff, they, uh, there's no money exchanging hands here. They're not getting paid for what they do. They, they simply are doing this to encourage uh, pastors. And so I, I wanna, I, I'm encouraged by that as well, um, just that they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart and out of their, um, in a sense, finding extra time to do it in the evenings and other times. So There is payment involved, though. Let's be, we have to be honest and truthful. I do provide a refrigerator in the opulent studio at my home, and I do stock it you with. Pay me in diet. Coke. I do stock it with cans of diet coke that I do not charge Johnny for. So there is a benefit in this situation. Someday there be will honest. be a tab. Yeah, that's I'm why sure Johnny's all hopped up on diet coke exactly. caffeine. That's exactly. Well, Nathan, thank you for those kind words. Now I'm glad that you were here uh, to share those with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. Please, like Jeff said, share it, spread the word. Let's get uh, let's get more people encouraged if we can. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the 200 Churches podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church.